And God does work, continues to work in our lives. He continues to do great things. And he takes us wherever we are, and he nudges us along and pushes us and prods us and pokes us and helps us and blesses us immensely wherever we are. He doesn't wait, you know, <clears throat> we kind of have this idea that he waits until we get to this certain place. And when we've reached this certain level of achievement, then God is ready to bless us. He's ready to, <clears throat> you know, give. But no, that's not what happens. What God does is God blesses all the way through. God takes you where you are, and he works with you, and he blesses. And, you know, what we've been hearing tonight is the testimony of God's blessing. Hard things. But, you know, hard things that resulted in blessing. And that's what God does in our lives. He wants us to trust him. He wants us to walk with him. And he wants to bless us. You see, he is a rewarder. That's who he is. That's what he is. He wants to bring rewards and blessings into our lives. He wants to show us uh, his power and his ability in our lives. And as we walk with him, the more he's able to unfold that, the more we're able to stop uh, all the stops in the way, and he continues to do it. So when we look at this new year that we're looking at, right, and we're looking into a new year very shortly now, there'll be other messages uh, about the new year. But I want you to look at Philippians chapter 3. I want to try and challenge you with a goal to have for this coming year. You see, we'll do this again. We'll have a testimony service again. And the, the, the thing about it is that oftentimes we go through life and we really don't have a plan. We don't have a focus or a goal. We just go through life. Now, God is merciful and God is gracious and he works in our lives anyway. But I want to present you with a goal tonight that God is certain to bless. It may be tough. We'll see that. It might be difficult. But God is certain to bless it. And if we would make this our goal for this coming year, God would bless in such a way that at the end of the year, we would be rejoicing in the testimony we'd have about what he's done. So Philippians chapter 3. We'll read from from the beginning. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same thing to you, to me, uh, indeed is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision, for we are all, for we are the circumcision uh, which worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Now, he's, he's got a play on words there when he talks about beware of the concision. The play of words is this. He's, he's talking about the beware of the circumcisers, those that would actually bring you back under the law again. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Now, he's going to talk about himself here. Paul talks about himself from time to time, and he talks about himself with purpose. And he's talking about his spiritual, or rather his religious, heritage. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee. So what's he saying? He's saying, I was way up there in my religion. I was an achiever, a high achiever in my religion. I was somebody to be reckoned with. I was somebody who would have reckoned themselves to be very close to God. Um, verse 6, concerning zeal, persecuting the church. Uh, now, Paul persecuted the church. Now, he didn't do it. <clears throat> he didn't do it uh, out of any bad will or, or, or ill will towards the church. He did it out of zeal for God. This, this sect that, as far as he was concerned, were destroying the real faith of Judaism... God, he wanted to destroy. He was going to destroy it because he wasn't going to allow it to destroy that which he believed was precious to God. Um, <clears throat> touching the righteousness which is of the law, blameless. That he was, he was, now listen, you know, many of us come from different religions. 
But you know, we would never have said that we were blameless, would we? Even never. Paul was, Paul was saying that. As far as the righteousness that came from the law, he was Mr. Super Religionist. He really was there. He was up there as far as that was concerned. <clears throat> but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. So he had an about shift. He had a changing in his thinking, a changing in his view of things, a changing in his whole perception of life. And here's what he did. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. So what's he saying? Listen, I've lost it all, all that spiritual pedigree, all that, all that religious pedigree, rather, all my status, all the, 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 the praise of men. I've lost all that, and, and I'm not a bit concerned about it. I, I just counted dung. It's a, it was nothing. It wasn't worth having. But he counts it dung because there's something else to him that's more precious. He's not a fool. He's not just glad because he lost something. He lost something, but he got something far better in the losing. So he says it doesn't matter. What I lost doesn't matter. Uh, <clears throat> and what he, what he found was the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. And he wants to win Christ. Now, he does not want to win Christ in the sense that he wants to get saved. He does not want to win Christ in the sense that he wants God's, God to love him. But what he's saying is, I want to go all the way for Christ. I want to go all the way. I want all of it that there's, it's possible to have. I want to enjoy every last bit of Christ possible for somebody to enjoy. Now, all Christians don't do that. <clears throat> and even though you may not do that, it's not like God looks at you and says to you, okay, well, listen, that's it. You're, you're out. I'm sick and tired of you. No, listen, God will meet you wherever you are. But when you come to the place where what you want is you want Christ, and you want all there is of Christ that it's possible to have. You come to the place where you got on the same side as the Lord Jesus Christ is in your life. And you actually come to a place where he can do great things in your life. When you come to that place where you say, listen, I want to win Christ. I want to win all there is. I want to walk with him. I want to know his blessing. I want to be with him. I want all that it's possible to have of Christ. Now, what would that mean to you? Well, like with Paul... <clears throat> That would mean forgetting about those things in the past, you know, that maybe you had pride in. Forgetting about those things that, you know, in your, in your life previous to this, you could look and you could say, well, you know what, I'm, I'm somebody to be reckoned with. That would mean you coming to the place where Christ is your focus, your goal, your aim, your all in all. And you'd forget about all the rest that holds you back. Because we all have things that hold us back. We all have things that are important to us. We all have things that draw on us. We all have things that we look at and we want those things. And we have to put those things aside. We have to come to the place where we reckon that, no, listen, that doesn't matter. What I want is Christ. And I want all that it's possible for a man to have of Christ. Now, <clears throat> look what else he says here. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Don't you want that? You see, if Christ dwells in you since you're saved and he dwells in you in his resurrection power, <clears throat> doesn't it make sense that you might know the power of his resurrection? In your life, 
the reality of it, the power of his resurrection. Not just blessing, not just helping you survive, but the power of his resurrection in your life. Isn't that something to be sought after? Isn't that something to be realized? Isn't that something to be rejoiced in? That you would know the power of his resurrection in your life. But look what else he says. And the fellowship of his sufferings. In order to enjoy the power of his resurrection, you have to enjoy the fellowship of his sufferings. You see, we could say this about the suffering of the Lord Jesus Christ. We could say that he came into the world, that he lived a, a perfect life, and that he suffered and he died. We could, we, we could look at his life like that. We could say, listen, <clears throat> and then he died and then he rose again from the dead to demonstrate the power of God in his life. But he suffered. Part of it was that he suffered. You can't, you can't get away from that. Now, <clears throat> we talked about this this morning. It's hard to imagine why he needed to suffer apart from <clears throat> our suffering. But we definitely need God to work in our lives. And part of God's working in our lives is dealing with the self-life. And that's hard. And he strips away the layers of self. He strips away the layers of pride. And you see, he's given you this glorious thing called free will. So he doesn't just <clears throat> attack you and deal with it, which in some ways will be easier for us. What he does is he pokes it. He exposes it and he says, what are we going to do with this? Do you want to hold on to it? Or do you, want me let, let, do you want to let me take it away? Do you want to hold on to your pride? Or do you want to let me take it away? <clears throat> yeah, we talked in Sunday school. Do you want to hold on to your lies? Or do you want, do you want me to take it away? You know, <clears throat> do, you, do, you, do you want to have your pleasure? Or do you want me to take it away and make you clean? And he asks you the question time and time again. Do you, do you want to go all the way with this thing? Or where do you want to stop? How much of it do you want? And you can stop, and he doesn't remove all blessing and take the huff with you, and, and that's the end of you and him. You can stop somewhere along the way. Christians often do. But far better to go all the way. And going all the way will mean the fellowship of his suffering. Going all the way will mean that you will understand what it's to be like Jesus. And if we think about the suffering of Jesus, you know, some, some things come to mind. First of all, he came into his own, and his own received him not. The fellowship of his suffering always means rejection. Always. You can't be liked by everybody. It's not possible. You're going to have to make stands for him that are going to mean people don't like you. You're going to have to make stands for him that are going to put you in the bad place. That's just the way it is. Now, you can fudge on that, and you can say, well, no, I don't think that's true. I don't think I have to do that. I think I can actually... <clears throat> get by with people and, and, I, and have people like me and it'll be fine. But you know, the truth is, listen, they didn't like him. They didn't like him so much that they actually crucified him. Are you better than him? When you take up your identification with him and walk with him, there's going to be rejection. There's going to be a denial of self, a denial of the things that you want. See, Jesus went to the cross, but he didn't go to the cross glibly. He didn't go to the cross with a silly smile on his face. He went to the cross with great tears, as it were, drops of blood, because he didn't want to go there. But he did what the Father wanted him to do, 
anyway. And if we're going to have all that God wants for us to have, it's going to cost. There's a price tag on it. But let me say this to you too. There's also a rich reward. And the reward far outweighs the cost. The reward is <clears throat> far surpasses anything that he could that, that 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 it can cost you. You see, Jesus went to the cross, he suffered the cross. <clears throat> And he, he died to all that was of him, but he rose again. And that's what happens. That's what God wants to do in our lives. He wants us to die to self and to rise to a new life in him, a much better life. Life on this earth, not a life in heaven. Life on this earth. But we have to understand and we have to reckon. <clears throat> you know, there's, there's the fellowship of his sufferings. There's being made conformable unto his death. Now, <clears throat> tonight, we're giving testimony of God's wonderful working in our lives. And it is wonderful. Praise God for his working in our lives. But I want to issue you a challenge tonight. Do you want more? Do you want much more? Do you want so much that you're willing to die to what you want that you might have all that he has for you? Because it's available. God is obviously present in this place. We've been hearing what he's doing. God is obviously present. You know what? If you were to ask him in your life to bring you deeper to give you more, whatever the cost, God would hear and God would act. And as long as you stayed with him and kept saying yes, he would continue to do. Now, let me make a prophecy. If you do that this time next year, you're going to have, sometimes you look back in your life and you're going to say that, 2014 was painful. But you're also going to say, but it was worth it. But it was worth it because it's always worth it with him. Some of the testimonies, and when we give testimony, we tend to give the happy side of the testimony. That's just the way it is. You know, <clears throat> nobody gets up and gives a testimony when life's, my life's miserable, it's been going bad and getting worse. And, you know, rarely do. So sometimes that'll be the honest thing to do. You know, but God is good and God loves me. That, that would be the honest thing to do sometimes. But we don't do that. What we do is we give the testimony of the good things. We just hope for every good thing, there was pain. For every good thing, there, 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 was, there was difficulty. And if you ask God to do the good thing in your life, to conform you to the image of his son, to let you know the fellowship of his resurrection, right? to let you know, understand that, to let you walk in that. You know what? He will do things in your life this year. And they will hurt, but it'll be worth it. And you know what? You come to the place where you can trust him. Where you can trust him to work it out and to do it in your life. And you know what that place is? That is freedom. That's total freedom. When you're trusting him and he's in charge, the weight is off your shoulders completely. I praise the Lord for, 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 for the work he's done in my life this year. Because what he's done in certain areas is, and 
in some senses, things are, are, you know, more unstable than they've ever been. But you know what? He's lifted the weight right off my shoulders. He's taught me to trust him in a new way. And you know what? It's better. Far better. And every step I've taken with God in these years, it's better. Far better. I'm excited about what he's going to do in the new year. I'm excited about what he's going to do in me in this new year. I'm excited about what he's going to do in you and in this church in this new year. But would you do this tonight? Would you quietly, while you sit in your seat, invite him in to do a deeper work? Lord, thank you for 2013. But Lord, we're looking to 2014. Lord, would you do a deeper work? Would you take the work you've started? Would you bring it further? Would you bring me deeper? Would you let me know the power of your resurrection, the fellowship of your sufferings? Conform me more to your death, Lord. That's a prayer that God can answer. That's a prayer that God will answer. And that's a prayer that if God answers in your life, there'll be pain, but it'll be worth it every step of the way. So let's do this. Let's just sit where we are, and I'll I'll, I'll open in prayer, and then just you pray silently to yourselves. And I can't even see you. I can't see your eyes definitely tonight. I can see see your shape, but I I can't see, see your eyes tonight. Between you and God, ask him to do that work in your heart. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. It's totally between you and God. But you want God to do a deeper work in your life, and you're willing to pay the price because it'll be worth it. And he will answer. He will do. And you will have a testimony to share this time next year. So I'll pray first, and then you pray as the, as the Lord leads just quietly to yourself. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for this testimony time. Thank you for the blessings, Lord, that you've poured out upon your people in this year. Lord, <clears throat> we look to you, and we, we reckon on your hand, your power, And, Lord, we thank you for it, Lord. And we thank you for changes that have been made and for battles that have been fought and for um, things that have been won. Lord, there's a lot lot more battles to fight and there's a lot more to be won. And, Lord, we want all of it. We want everything that's possible for a human being to have of, of you. Lord, as we look into this year, I ask you, Lord, that you would do whatever is needed in my life to bring me on and to bring me closer to you. And, Lord, I know there'll be pain involved, but, Lord, I know it'll be worth it. Lord, would you do it? And would you bless this people, and would you hear their prayer now, Lord, as they pray to you?